Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. We're going to do a little quick read right here at the top. If you would be kind enough to subscribe to subscribe to my Patreon, that really helps the podcast. Uh, all you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. You get all kind of uh, cool stuff, cool merch, cool cool uh things for different things and you also are really helping out the podcast by contributing also if you ever want to advertise on my tiktok it's pretty easy just email directly i have up to a uh, guy we're close to eighty-seven thousand followers on tiktok so just email me at matteris67 at gmail.com you want to do some advertising right on the podcast if you want to open a can of soda now's a good time to do it uh just slamming my my co-host who i i'm not looking at the screen right now but somebody opened a can and i knew it was him all right folks we're gonna start at the podcast that is uh that's all you really need to know i mean you could come and see a live show if you want i'm gonna promote that too at the top february 12th february 12th mount laurel new jersey it's almost sold out get some tickets fast to that one joematterese.com saturday february 12th right before valentine's day it's a big valentine show followed by a after party with the dj and all that kind of stuff and discounts on hotel rooms right there at the double tree hotel in mount laura where the show is going to be if you want to come from out of town to see it all ticket holders get the discount joematterese.com for all of that oh god let's start <laughs> Everybody, we're starting. Woo! How are how are you? Back by popular demand. Caroline Haynes at the bottom. Andrew Steiner top right. <laughs> so so the so uh, the co-hosts are back, and we kind of uh, I, I I don't know if Andrew if you and I decided this, but we were like. You know, let's uh, let's share each other's lives in this podcast, kind of like reality show style, but in a way that we said it could be a bit like that. We're not but we're not trying to do it as a bit like it's like right. I don't know if you guys write your stand up material the same as me, which is it usually happens in real life. I say it to somebody or I relay something that happened in my life and I could tell they start to laugh and I'm like. And I notice, oh, th this should be a bit. And then I make a little note of it in my notepad. And then I usually go up on stage and start talking about it. And it usually slowly forms itself into a stand-up bit. And if it doesn't, I get rid of it. But I try it a few times. Now, are, mm -hmm. do you guys do it the same way? Or how do you come up with your stand-up material, Caroline? Same. Uh, somewhat similar. I have like a note in my phone and I'll think of things throughout the day. Um, but I usually don't try it on friends first because I get really bothered when people are like, oh, is this a bit? So I usually right. just like well, write I don't it even, and then go straight and, to open mics. And I don't even mean that when I'm saying it, I'm trying it because I think it might be a bit. I don't realize that it's a bit. Yeah. I'm just telling you. They're like, hey, what, what did you do this weekend? And you just start talking and you see them laugh and you're like, oh, 
I, you could tell fast. You're like, oh man, this this is this is this sounds like a stand up joke. It just yeah. has the role. No, it definitely happens to me too. But I generally just have a list of like words that pop into my head for an idea, and then I'll sit down like later at night and actually write out a bit. Right, and and I also said to you guys, imagine it kind of if you had some, sh you know, you got your. Well, to me, it would be my comedy dream, which is to have my own sitcom, you know, or even not a sitcom, more like a, just some sort of scripted television show kind of about my, my life. And, and if I had some really hilarious showrunner, uh, head writer that was like, well, you know, what, what do you got? You know, <laughs> you always hear these shows that the writers all get together. And sometimes, even on Everybody Loves Raymond, I've always heard that they would take from other guys lives because there'd be a, you know, 10 writers on the show and they'd be like, what did you do this weekend? What did you do? And they're like, that's funny for an episode. That could be this character. We'll put it, you know, so uh, that's kind of how I wanted it to flow a little bit too. So Andrew, yeah. so you said you got some, you got some shit that's going on in your life that you feel that, you know, is it could be worthy. So what's going on? <laughs> What do you got, uh, as they say in podcasts? What do you got? What did you do this week? I mean, I came back from your show, and my uh, girlfriend, now fiance, was hanging at my place. She's been going through like some crazy shit. Because as soon as we got back from Mexico, she realized her entire room was flooded, and there was like mold growing under the, under there. So she's been sleeping in the living room for two weeks, trying to get her landlords to pay for mold inspection. So she escaped to my place. I found her here. And where, where yeah. does she live? Uh, Prospect Park. So she must live in a. She live in a basement apartment. No, she's on the second floor. But her like How do you heater get flooded on the second floor. Her heater was leaking while she was gone. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah. So, but anyway, she was here, and she was horny. <laughs> she was all. Blood, she was all revved up. <laughs> yeah. And I get home. You know how it is when you're back from a gig. I mean, at least me. I'm like tired. I'm like, I don't have time. I can't like critically think. I can't. I can't put like basically. I didn't have the energy for foreplay, and I was just like, I. And she's like, you want to let's have sex. I'm like, it's gonna be bad sex, but okay, I'll have bad sex, sure. And why then, did you think it was? Why did you think it was gonna be bad? Because I just didn't have the patience. I didn't have the reserves of patience to like be selfless in any way do you know what i mean does that ever happen to you joe i, I don't know i feel like i feel like this topic, <laughs> i feel like this topic is great for caroline after seeing her set this weekend uh i feel like she, she, she could be like a um some sort of a young sex therapist <laughs> okay like, like that you have a phd in um by the way, that guy was way out of line. Who was? I was gonna uh, say I went. I went to. Dr I went for drinks with those guys. That yeah. the guy who made the comment, and I was curious. She, uh, uh, side note, Caroline, sh share this. Basically, I don't want to share. This is. Uh, and, and and did it piss you off? Um, I don't know. I felt a little conflicted about it. I'll I'll go through it. But basically, for context, I have a bit about a vibrator and um it ends with me accidentally coming to mitch mcconnell is the joke but um 
Joe, who was the guy? Was he one of your friends? See, no, I never met him before. There was one guy there whose last name is Matarese. Oh, okay. and Yeah, he not... followed me on Instagram. <laughs> oh, he did. He's not related to me, and he lives in Rhode Island. And, and was he the guy? No. he. But he grew up in Connecticut, and those four guys that were with him at our show, like he came down, told them all, you should go see Joe Matarese. He's not related to me. He's been a listener on my podcast for years. He's a really nice guy, um, and our, like, our, our wives have met each other once on a, on a Cape Cod trip close to where he lives, but we've stayed in contact and he did a thing where he came to, he grew up there. So those four guys went to high school with him, but I never met them. Then they came to watch the show. And then that one guy, he was the single one out of all of them. All the other guys are married with kids and he was the single guy. And, 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 and to give it a little disclaimer, um, when I went to, uh, I even thought this when he said it to you, like, do you ever meet when you meet people that you go, he might not be autistic, but there's a little bit something there that makes them blurt out. Like I could tell when I went to have drinks with him afterwards, he's a guy when he has a few drinks, he's that one friend that like, just doesn't have a filter whatsoever. You could just tell. And in the, and that that's what was funny about him, and that's why they all laughed so loud because they were like, "What the fuck?" It was one of those what like that friend that you go, "Why would you say that right now?" Like you, yeah. and that's why he's single too. Like you could tell, like that's a cock blocker always. Yeah, I could see that. So well, what did he say? Uh, well, Andrew and I were leaving, so we were telling you that we were leaving, and he was there. And he was like, yeah, she's got to get it home to her vibrator, um, which whatever. I mean, honestly, the comment wasn't that big of a deal. But then like the booming laughter afterwards for like 15 seconds, which like I guess it was maybe a sort of funny little comment, but not that funny. And everyone right. was like reacting as if it was the funniest thing they've ever heard. I, I think yeah, it's because they knew it, him, right? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I could. We were laughing for a different reason than like I think he and maybe one or two of his friends were laughing because they thought it was funny. And then everybody else was laughing so long because they knew it was way more inappropriate than funny. And like, yeah. holy shit, there he goes again. It was one of those. Just, there he goes again. It just yeah. like it just made me feel a little weird because like Car Caroline's the only woman in the group and he's like saying something sexual and she's just surrounded by dudes and it's just like i don't know it, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit yeah totally totally and and thank god it wasn't someone that was one of my friends <laughs> um i've only yeah, had no, that happen one other time my cousin who comes to a lot of shows but one time early in my earlier in my career he got pretty ripped he was he drank a lot and then he was heckling he was heckling the the opener and i just felt like such a shithead not only is he getting heckled but he's getting heckled by a, a family member of mine <laughs> and then i have to and then he's like asking about it after the show so thank god i didn't know that guy or i would have been <laughs> just so you know i would have said some shit if i knew that guy I'd be like Dude, what the fuck why would you say that? <laughs> 
Well, I appreciate that. Wasn't a big yeah. deal. It's all yeah. good. I, but I'm a I, I'm a team player when it comes to comedians. Like when I have opening acts, like if you guys get heckled, like for some reason it, it was a problem that used to be an issue of mine early in my comedy career. If the openers got heckled, I would come on stage gl- guns blazing before they even <laughs> heckled me, and I would just get in trouble because I'd shit on somebody way too hard because he fucked <laughs> with the comedian before me nice same with fights like i never get in fist fights but when i was young if one of my friends got fucked with like i'd want to kill the guy even though i'm not big (laughs) and i i think i got my ass kicked once back to your story andrew oh okay so we discovered this new position a few weeks ago uh so so yeah basically she was like yeah i don't care no foreplay fine wow Uh, and i was like all right cool and then and then, uh, you know, this new position is a is a game changer. It's like, it's like uh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, like one <laughs> leg in, one leg out. It's like if you're a missionary, but you know how like if you're a missionary, and her legs are around you, mm-hmm. you know, you you sidestep one of the legs, so you have one leg in, one leg out. And I don't know why. Maybe because I have a medium to medium sized <laughs> dick. <laughs> Wait, you mean one of your legs? Is out. Out of what? Out out from in between her legs. Oh, okay. okay. Interesting. So you're like kind of straddling her straddling one of her legs. Yeah. I call it the 50-50 position. <laughs> <laughs> Going Dutch. <laughs> and um yeah, for some reason that's like a game changer, and uh, yeah, no foreplay necessary. Um, it was a success all around, and uh, no foreplay necessary. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> selling point. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was happy. Yeah. So what's the conclusion to that? Like every, you know, not not to say we're making that a stand-up bit, but that has an opener and an and a middle to the joke. Mm-hmm to the story but what's the uh what the conclusion to that conclusion she love it now now you have to do it that way every time i mean did you guys discuss the move after uh i mean i guess the conclusion is if if you make her wait until she's really horny then you don't have to do foreplay i don't know (laughs) i guess it's 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 got me questioning something because i mean I don't like to reveal sexual things that often as a comedian <laughs> or, about me and my wife. Like if I was just That's dating fair. my wife and we and, she, and her and I weren't serious, it might be different. But and Frankie's um, uh, Frankie does comedy, so she really couldn't give a shit. Right. What is that about girl comedians that makes them so uninhibited most of the time? I don't know if I've ever met a girl comedian that was like, "Hey, don't talk about that shit on stage." Like, do you Caroline think Haynes, is- girl comic. What do you have to say? <laughs> yeah, what do you? Got? Well, I like think you- that's kind of a false. I don't think female comics talk about sex more than male comics. Actually, I don't that's mean that favorite. they talk. I don't. I don't. I don't mind. I don't feel like because I dated a few girl comics before I was married, and they all seem very uninhibited, and that 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 they wouldn't mind if you talked about something that happened in th- your sex I, life. I think he means not private. Like, yeah. Not private. They're not well, private. I don't know. I mean, in comedy, I think I would feel 
uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable telling a male comic like not to talk about something about me because I wouldn't want to come across as like uptight and not chill and not able to be like one of the guys, you know? So maybe people, I mean, I just am comfortable with it, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of female comics that are like making themselves act more comfortable with it than they are. That's a good point. Cause I, th I think I said it, you know, what's weird. I don't know how it came out. It came out at the, at, at, when I had drinks with those guys that blurted that guy blurted it out somehow. Like maybe that, discussion came up and i said there hasn't been a comedian a female comedian in a really long time that went the other way that was really like prudish as a comedian like i thought that is a that is that is ripe for the grabbing because oh. like not since like a mary tyler moore on the dick van dyke show in the 50s has there been a woman who's funny who's like prissy I mean, I feel like Maria Bamford a little bit. She doesn't really talk about sex at all. You but, know, but she's not. She's not a prude, I'm but I'm trying. Well, but to what's think the she... male prude comic? Brian Regan, I guess. Jerry Seinfeld. Mm. That's true. Yeah, like a really over, like the the Rita Rudner was a comedian that was kind of big when I first started and that was kind of her angle was like she was all dressed in a dress when she performed and she was a little bit not like the you know a, you, you used to hear this a lot and I, it doesn't come out like I'm sexist I'm just telling you what would come out in conversation when I was a younger comic, when things were tilted more towards guys, you know, they used to say, you show me, I remember a comedian saying this, you show me a funny female comic and I'll show you a guy. That's what they used to say that most. And I think it's why I couldn't get serious with a girl comic. Cause I used to think I like a girl. I'm not attracted to a girl that is like one of the guys hmm. like, and it's weird that I'm married to my wife because this is how uh, not promiscuous, I guess, she is. Like, my wife doesn't even, like, how why I was going to ask you when you were having this weird sex move if you guys acknowledged it after you were done. Like, whoa, oh, what, I don't even, did you talk about it afterwards? Yeah, yeah, we talked about it. I mean, this wasn't the origin of that move, but we've talked about it a couple times since. Mm -hmm. Because since if I try to talk about something that happens sexually, right mm -hmm. afterwards with my wife she'll almost like put her hand over my mouth like she <laughs> hates that she nah, doesn't want like if i did the if i lit her if i did something crazy and like fucking pulled out matches and did and, and like she had a great orgasm from that and then afterwards i was like oh my god i don't know where <laughs> You're i came pulling up out matches yeah she'd be like shut the fuck up like it ruins it for her that's interesting. The afterwards, it's still going on. And like another one is a total. I learned this one way early on. If like she goes to the bathroom after mm -hmm. sex and then you pull out your phone to like check your Instagram or something and she comes out and see she's she, that's another one. She's going to fucking kill me if I went on my phone afterwards. Do you have I get anything that. like that? I mean, maybe not after you the have bathroom. But Do like, you have any not dos in your relationship that could turn uh, her off? Like, I mean, I think I feel like if there isn't, yeah, a moment of like, you know, communication and like just like being, uh, you know, present with each other after sex, 
yeah, that's the turnoff for sure. Especially aftercare. It, yeah, aftercare. That's what that's what we call it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially if well, there's like a- ropes involved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just we'll- leave her tied up. You're like, I gotta go. <laughs> not a how's your wrist? Not a did you get any rope burn? Not a anything. Just, well, but we well we that's a good sign. I mean, that's a good relationship that you guys are on that level because I can, and I hope my ex girlfriend never listens to this and, and knows that it's her. One of my ex girlfriends that I dated for a while, she was the opposite, where it was like after sex, and I I can remember this being said: "Don't touch me." Like she Whoa. had to like I couldn't even put my arm around her, Whoa. like there was some issues going on there and i was just like oh, that was hard for me i was like I, I care about you i can't i was like i gotta have sex and then like get on the other side of the bed yeah that's probably a result of some kind of trauma maybe but yeah yeah that's yeah i don't know but we we i mean i don't want to hog this but I, i'll talk i'll talk after you guys share your stories but yeah we talk we over talk like we're t- we're trying to plan a threesome. Yeah, oh. yeah. You know what I thought was funny, uh, Joe. I'll give you the context. Andrew and I did the same show. Was QED Friday or Saturday? Mm-hmm. No, Saturday. Saturday yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Frankie was there, Andrew's fiance, and they both did time uh, on the show. And they both talked yet. about going to this sex club, but they didn't address that, like they were a couple and went together like Andrew goes up and he tells his story about the sex club and then Frankie goes up and she's like oh like Andrew I also went to a sex club recently <laughs> coincidence I don't know it's a weird coincidence <laughs> did the crowd eventually get it or no they had no they idea, had no idea. <laughs> and I think she wanted it that way because I, yeah. I feel like she wants to be she wants me to not introduce her in a comedy context as my girlfriend or fiance. She wants to be like her own person. Yeah. Like I get that. That's why I figured it was just funny. Yeah. Two niche stories <laughs> about a sex club unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. See, you guys could have did a funny reveal afterwards. If you guys would have went up together or something, and we went to the like, sex oh, club the yeah, <laughs> and did a whole sex song. Yeah. I was hosting, uh, so I could have ended the show. But then by the way, we went to the sex club together. <laughs> it's hard for you. It's well, I know we, we I want to talk all of us to give our stories, but it's really hard for you just go to say, oh, and we're trying to set up a threesome. OK, go on to the next person. It's like, you ha- you know, maybe that's because I'm older, but like, yeah, I'd like to hear more about that. Well, because you're engaged, it's like a lot of I, I've I have one friend that I grew up with who has that kind of marriage and in the history of my uh life it usually fucks them the relationship up and it you know so and i'm they have a great relationship too it's one of my good friends and i don't know if they still do that kind of stuff i think it was more towards the earlier sides of things before they had kids or anything like um, is that something you guys discuss that's going to be in your relationship forever or or what? I don't know about forever, but. And you don't I, get jealous. See, I, I've always said if my wife wanted to be with another woman, another guy, I don't care what it is. I couldn't handle it. Yeah, I'm too. I, I, I don't want anyone else with her. I do get jealous. See, that's I mean, that's definitely like a problem. 
not a problem, but just like a thing that is makes me tentative. Um, but I also think like because of who we are, both of us as people, you know, I don't know if it would be healthier trying to repress those feelings as long as it's like well communicated and respectful and like completely above board then you know i'm more open to like dipping my toe in the water and like seeing but as long as it's completely respectful and honest and mm. and like not rushed How so do i don't know caroline <laughs> uh I, yeah i think sounds like a great idea <laughs> i think um yeah, as long as you both go into in it, <laughs> as long as you both go into it knowing, you know, we might not both like this, and if we don't, it's over immediately. Which it sounds like you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've communicated a lot, like on many occasions, about it and read books and like all this stuff. And I mean, the only thing we've done so far, we've gone to the sex club, which nothing really happened with other people i mean i guess we did like hook up in front of people which was a new thing for me and was like fine it was okay um but she made out with a woman when we were in mexico uh well i wasn't there but she was like hey if i make out with someone tonight like a woman <laughs> specifically she are you had okay a feeling <laughs> she had a feeling it was gonna happen well she was going to a rave so it's like oh okay. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. Just like as long my, my, um, my, I guess, you know, caveat or whatever, uh, my way of my thing was like, just don't exchange info. And like, that's, that's, yeah, that's hmm. cool. Hmm. This is an interesting topic because, um, I don't know. I, I, I... <laughs> Oh, oh, I know what I was going to say to you. You should. I don't know if you should go watch this or you shouldn't go watch it. Mm -hmm. But have you ever seen the movie Lenny about Lenny Bruce's life story and the one with Dustin Hoffman playing Lenny Bruce? Because mm -mm. there's a that happens in the movie. He convinces. I think it might have been his wife. Is either his wife or his longtime girlfriend to experiment with another woman and they bring her in and they have sex with her and then he this is because he's fucked up he's lenny bruce you know he's not normal he ends up dumping her because he's like thinks she's too slutty now like like he's like get you i want you to do this do this and then she does it and she's really into it and he's like you're fucking done and he like dumps her <laughs> afterwards. like uh there's a lot of unknown it's just it sounds like a risky situation like uh, it is a that's risk. where the communication comes in yeah. i think you can do anything if you have good enough communication seems like you do that's yeah. true yeah i do think you you and you and her are so similar like it sounds like if you had a problem with it she might have she would be able to keep it under wraps for you is that what it is like say it does make you jealous would she be able to not have that kind of relationship could she handle yeah it? Yeah, I think so. Right. Um, and I mean, to me, like the way I imagine it, like the furthest I imagine it going is like besides us having threesomes is like if to me, like what would be OK is like occasional hookups. Well, it on vacation somewhere. 
You know what I mean? Because I just like imagine, I don't know. To me, it's really depressing the imagining doing the road and not getting to have sex ever. <laughs> <laughs> like to me, that's like so like what's the point then? <laughs> uh, this is gonna sound weird and I'm gonna sound yeah. really cor- corny because I'm gonna yeah. go the other I'm gonna go the other way with it as a guy who has yeah. been married for 16 years and has a family. Uh so I'm sure I could I'm gonna get made fun of for this one and I expect to. Um and I've I've brought it up a long time ago on other podcasts, but I saw an interview once with Bono, right, from U2. And he's been with the same band for maybe over 30 years and never tried to go solo or and no one else in the band tried to go solo. And they asked him, like, don't you ever want to, like, break off and do your own thing or go with another band? And he said, there's something amazing about being with the same band for this long, and none of us have ever done that. And when they say, ladies and gentlemen, you too, and the place goes fucking nuts, he goes, I get off on that. And Mm -hmm. I get off on not, not being... And I was a promiscuous guy. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't some nerd. I look back and go, man, I had way too much sex. Like, I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I almost think it was too much. When I look yeah. back, I go, what the fuck was wrong with you? Like, that's too much sex. Like, to the point where <laughs> if my, when my, I have to avoid the subject, you know, if my mm-hmm. wife's like, well, how many were there? And I'm just like, I, you don't, <laughs> don't want to know. <laughs> it's too many. <laughs> I mean, I, the only saving grace is I say I didn't get married till I was 37. So there's 37 years of single that went on. And I was a comedian for, you know, starting at 19. And there was just, it was very easy to meet women when you were a comedian. Yeah. I thought it was, you know, maybe for other, maybe certain comedians it wasn't. I tried hard when I was doing stand up, it was ridiculous. Yeah. That's what I look back on and go, why weren't you working on your act and your creativity? <laughs> Like, dude, I was on, I would not do jokes if I thought it could turn women off. I wasn't being as honest and as good of a comedian as I could have been early on. Right. It was like I would come off stage and I'd go stand by a certain spot that I knew you had to be to try to flirt with a girl. So when the show was over, I had an opening line to say to her in the parking lot after the show. And it was just like I was on repeat. <laughs> Pathetic. So. I don't know. That's why I think you saying, well, God, it sounds so boring to be on the road and not have sex. Not if you're working on your fucking act. Not if you've gotten laid like Joe Matarese has. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't I haven't been that uh, fortunate uh, throughout my life. So it's like it's still I mean, it's not like I haven't put up some numbers. I mean, I'm in the, I'm in the double digits, but not not like, you know, I started pretty late. Like I was 22 when I lost my virginity and, you know, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel well, like, not that you know, I I've, like, I've heard you. Here's my advice as the older guy. And I, again, mm-hmm. I'm hope I'm hoping people make fun of me when they hear this episode. Now, when God, I could tell my Adderall where world, oh, I'm looking at the time. <laughs> it's late in the day. I should, I should be on another Adderall. I always know <laughs> when I'm going, my thought that I had, and now it's not there anymore. That the ADD kicked back in again. Um, <laughs> fuck! It, it was a good point about. Oh, I know what it was about because I've heard you say this. You might have a bit about it 
where oh i shouldn't have, or if you've had a bad set on stage i've heard you say oh i shouldn't have jerked off before i went on stage because <laughs> you feel weak or you don't feel funny or something right yeah yeah now i don't know if if that's a, a guy i get i don't know if it's a, a guy orgasm or a female orgasm too where it's like you feel kind of like just mushy Again, we're I'm I apologize. we're going to uh Caroline again. Like if you've had <laughs> sex, can you still do comedy, Caroline? Yeah. No problem. I'm the you're same. Still, yeah. You're the same. It doesn't, it doesn't because um, okay. So you're saying you said when you masturbated you didn't feel funny. So I'm connecting that with if you and your your fiance now to soon to be wife are like scanning for women and you're on the road together and you're getting laid it it can become and again i i i know because i i know that i i made a lot of mistakes in my career and i could tell you one of them for a fact was trying to get laid fucking all the time and that i should have been thinking very seriously about my me as a comedian and and my creativity and been making more projects and all that kind of stuff and, you have to and live you lots of comedians too. you can get laid but like to be get, you don't need to go like trying to scan for women after every show and have twosomes True. and threesomes god and this next, is such a different experience i don't get laid from comedy at all i get laid way less because of comedy <laughs> yeah you know why I think I know why. Because of sexism. That's why. <laughs> I think, I think, no, I think a lot of men are intimidated. That's, yeah, it's sexism. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what you said. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if I mean intimidated. I don't know. Is, By it, intimidated? It, it, is, is it, no, is it sexist to say it's, it's not sexually arousing for, at least for me? if like a girl's really funny maybe because i'm a comedian like i just when a girl's really funny i want to be friends with her i never want to have it doesn't turn me on whereas when a guy's really funny i i feel like women are turned on by it i think it might not be a it's attractive a sexually to me arousing thing it's a, it's attractive to me because then it's like oh i can be myself around this person and that's attractive i, I almost feel like it, it like how I said on stage, opposites attract. I yeah. think if the fe if the female is the comedian and then the really funny one, yeah, it, I think you there might be a better connection with a non funny person. Like a, probably, like, I don't think if the if you have like it's rare what you guys have, Andrew. Your girlfriend, your fiance is a comedian. Like there are not a lot of female comedians in relationship with guy comedians. Right now, I feel like there's more in existence than have ever been since I've been doing comedy for 30 years. Mm -hmm. It usually yeah. doesn't work out. Usually one person talks a lot and the other person's fucking quiet. You know, so you're if you're at comedy clubs all the time around with a lot of comedians, you might um, not hook up that often. You have a better chance. Yeah, but it's not just the... Comedians, because you're talking about getting girls on the road, like from the audience. I don't mm -hmm. think that happens to female comics getting guys from the audience nearly as much. Well, I think maybe so it that has to, I think is the sexism. But maybe there, I think it could happen as much 
like this is going to it's like I'm patting myself on the back as I should on myself. I knew how to put myself in a position after my show. Um, if you would calculate what that is, you probably would have more opportunities. If you went, okay, I just did comedy. How, like, do you ever see guys in the audience that you're attracted to and you want to meet them and you can't get it to happen? I mean, what happens? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's not like I'm really trying, but at the same time, I think a lot of the guys that come to comedy shows think they're really funny. Like comedy, male comedy fans all think like, oh, I should do comedy. My friends told me I should do comedy. And I think those are the type of guys that are like similar to you because you are a comedian and you don't want a funny, outspoken woman you want someone who contrasts more with you which makes sense i'm not yeah. saying that's sexist but um i just think a lot of the guys in the crowd are like that as well even though they're yeah, not comics so it's not true. warranted <laughs> well I, I i think well wouldn't you say i mean i would think of a very common trait as stand-up comedians is insecure right yes so it makes sense if someone's really insecure like why it would be hard to be with somebody when they're on stage see it, it creates an illusion it makes us look so confident and then it throws people when they realize oh my god no you're like this open wound of insecurity <laughs> so, you know so uh it took me a while to figure that out i never knew that about me i was like why i couldn't even date a girl taller than me that made me feel insecure like they can't be hilarious they can't be anything taller than five foot eight that's the max, you know, five foot seven, five foot eight. And yeah, so um, I, I think comedy, yeah, I, it makes sense that um, with music, it's different. Like with comedy, yeah, the guys in the audience like comedy. So they're, I don't know. I think maybe times have changed, though, because I feel like people nowadays get into comedy and like comedy that could be really quiet and like introverted, whereas not when show. I started out. If you go to like Brooklyn-y, like super lefty liberal comedy shows, Sometimes, then probably yeah. the dudes in the audience are less like that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah. totally I'm picturing true. like Manhattan clubs. Yeah. Like these finance guys yeah, who yeah. like secretly want to be comedians. Yeah, that's not. Oh no, no, they're the they're the worst crowds ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, you need to go to where the uh, the smarter intellects are, because I don't think, um, yeah, those guys I don't think would be, and and you don't come across like one of those on comics like you you don't like over you know, over talk or any of. Don't even really have the insecure thing going on. So I'm yeah. surprised well, I'm, that you said I'm yes a little when, I, when I said that. Shy. <laughs> like when I'm I'm a lot louder with my friends. But yeah, if I'm just hanging with like new people, I don't talk that much. Right. Well, that's probably why you're you're funny on a very unique level. It, it's not typical. It it Thanks. comes across or very it does. And um, you know what's even weirder? <laughs> Because you hated those guys. You didn't hate them, but those guys were all gave you that awkward laugh. Yeah. 
for 15 minutes they talked about how hilarious they thought you were and that they're like dude oh. that girl's gonna be i go she's only been doing comedy a year they go whoa she's fucking really really good and yeah, they loved you they loved you and they, so they weren't like i made them sound like they were like eh, they really weren't or i wouldn't even have wanted to sit there and have drinks with them yeah you know? well no i appreciate you mm -hmm. telling me that that's nice yeah so so what's going on with you that you wanted to uh it feels like we're doing like <laughs> like we're at an aa meeting what would you like to share no i mean uh it's this is fun i think we're we're getting i like this episode is what i'm trying to say I like yeah this is fun. go this way so yeah. what's what, what what did you want to talk about what's going on what did you do this week well this was last week but it's pretty interesting so i'm gonna cheat a little bit on the rules i um went on a date with this guy and found out like really earlier on sorry i start to like stutter when i can hear myself i'm taking my headphones out while i tell the story um so i go on a date <laughs> with this guy and i find out that he just got out of prison after being in prison for 16 months oh, and yeah he drops that like, really <laughs> early on and i was like whoa um <laughs> and he, he admitted that assured me wait i have to keep one in did you say swing joe uh, i just said uh, i said he admitted it early on in the first date he just dropped it yep yep i think i asked now something we got, now and we he... got an echo why do we have an echo now oh do you know hold on You having the head? Oh, because it was picking up the volume from the headphone. You might have to put them on and just lower your volume so it doesn't throw you. All right, all right, all right. I can deal with the. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. So he so he assured me it was like white collar, non-violent crime, but he didn't say specifically what it was. I didn't want to press, but it just. I don't know. He start, he said he was like the um, the least dangerous prison in the country because it's like a maximum security prison in upstate New York. And it's reserved for people that would get attacked if they went to other prisons. So he listed he said it was like child molesters, <laughs> which he called uh, chomos. Did you guys yeah, know they have a little yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, chomos. chomos? Yeah, a little click name. Yeah. Chomos and drops. So that's people that dropped out of violent gangs. Um, and then those are the only two categories that he said. So, so, so he's one of those two, is what he Well, I don't then I, I don't know, because then I said, So why did you go there then? And he just said, Well, I'm Jewish. So if I went to any other prison, I would be attacked. And I, <laughs> so I feel like he's not telling the truth about something because i feel like there's not a prison just for like chomos violent gang mem members and then just like any jew <laughs> yeah. that, i could see why you thought this could be a stand-up but it's already hilarious and jewish is hilarious okay go ahead yeah well i mean that's pretty much it was kind of a long date because i would was really enjoying like finding out about prison life because there's so much to it there's like a secondary economy there's like a little shop in the prison where you can buy like food and little knickknacks boys <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it sounded like if you guys went to camp like my camp had a little store where you could canteen. buy canteen yeah canteen yeah they have that 
But then some of them start selling stuff from the canteen, like secondhand. Like, there they call it. They can't tell if they're a teen. <laughs> yeah. that was good <laughs> but so um, when, where does this come out in on the date how did what was the segue that made this come out on a first date that's a lot that's i'm surprised he told you that yeah i don't know how it came out initially i might have asked what he did over the holidays or something and he had still been in prison i don't know he seems like ready to talk about it and then i drove the conversation like only towards that for the rest of the day so he, like, he didn't tell you exactly what the crime was no that's so shady like why I know. Would you didn't did you ask no i mean i i pressed a little bit and he was like oh it was just you know financial and didn't seem to want to talk about it so i didn't i mean it, it rings true that rings true to me i feel like he probably was a white collar crime guy but you never know. It's not necessarily. Yeah. It's also that defense is kind of shitty because you can do some white collar crime that like ruins people's lives. True. 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 <laughs> did I mean, I guess did did the date go well besides that coming out? I mean, did you like him? No, no, I, I'm not going to go out with him again. Mm. I. It was really interesting, and I think he thought it went really well because I was, like, super engaged. But I just wanted, like, the gossip, basically, like, the prison <laughs> content. <laughs> he was a little cocky. He, like, he kept talking about how he was the smartest guy in his prison unit. <laughs> wow. That's, like, think, put that on your resume. <laughs> yeah. And he had a lot of stories about all the guys in his unit, like, coming to him with all their problems. I think he got this complex being in there for almost two years that just made him think he's the shit because he was in like a small pond. Yeah. I mean, that's like the same mentality that makes you commit that type of crime anyway. Yeah. I was, I was about to say that now it, it all fits together that it was some white collar crime too. Like that's what, you know, those yeah, guys smart. that do that. And that's why they're like, if he would have only known, like, first of all, the dude's in fucking trouble because he's too cocky and thought he could like probably d make even more money than his little scheme was doing. And then he gets nailed and then he's too cocky on a date. It would have been so much more endearing if he was like, I fucked up. This is what mm -hmm. I did. And I, I can't believe like, I, I mean, that's what I that. did. And me that's too. I, 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 I've committed crimes when I was younger. I've shared them on the podcast. I'm not like, I, I, it's the same with me having too much sex i'm like what the fuck what crime comes from insecurity it's so that it's so mm -hmm. a, that's why someone would act cocky it's like a fake cocky too he's a fucking yeah. insecure idiot yeah and he hasn't realized it yet that's the problem this guy's gonna yeah i gotta get him like six months out it's too soon what'd you say i said this guy's gonna come after us now when he hears this oh episode. yeah yeah <laughs> uh Oh yeah, so he was like freshly out of print, like he's on parole. Did you did, did you get any out, good yeah. info? Give us a little, because I don't. I, I'm fascinated with prison too. Like, did he talk to you about his parole situation? No, not so much about the parole, but just like the dynamics within the prison. Like, it's very racially segregated, segregated socially. Like, there he said in their lounge room, there were like five TVs, and each race controlled a different tv 
You know what would be funny if there was a prison where instead of like being racially segregated, it was segregated by the ethnic cuisine you prefer. It's <laughs> like the Thai food gang and the Indian <laughs> food gang, and they're all smuggling in spices and coconut milk and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so w- what else stands out to you, Caroline, that like the conversation that you go, oh my God, like stuff that you learn. Is there anything else that you're leaving out that was like really interesting and weird that you learned about prison life um i mean this is more just sad but he was in there for covid so that was pretty dark to hear about like during the biggest lockdowns they had to be in their cell for like 21 hours a day and like were they trying to brew up vaccines out of poo water like they do (laughs) with alcohol (laughs) that's how we got it That's what Pfizer is. <laughs> the Moderna piss versus the the Pfizer poo. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, we talked about guards having sex with inmates. That was interesting. See, that's so weird that you just said that because I he- I held myself because I wanted to not cut you off in your in your story because I love the story, but the movie to me that showed prison life in the most realistic revealing way and it not be a documentary was the mini series. I don't know if you saw it, Andrew called escape from Danamora. That was a true story based on, uh, and, and Benicio del Toro's in it. And this other guy, I always forget his name. Another amazing actor. Dado Dado is his last name. Uh, he played, uh, Brian, Wilson, the he played Brian Wilson when he was young in that movie uh, about the Beach Boys. I don't know. With Kuzak plays the old version of the lead singer in the oh, Beach Boys. Dan- Daniel Dato Lewis. Are you just <laughs> shut up? <laughs> <laughs> I love when he does that pause and then he fucks with me. And she, and Carolyn didn't even get it. He just said Daniel yeah, Dato Lewis, like Daniel <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> She's too young to get that. I mean, I know uh, who that is. I just didn't, uh, okay. I thought it was an inside joke. <laughs> no, he, he loves to do that. When you want something serious, it's one of his favorite things. Is to, is to throw a bad punchline in. I love you. I love how you say it's like one of my favorite things. Like like I'm a pet. Like he, he love loves it. when you. <laughs> no, because I can remember when you and I used to do podcasts together, and some of my longtime listeners would go, "Yeah, I know you can't stand when he does that." They used to they they would mention it when he when you're when you're serious, and then he throws a joke in. You hate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it throws me so off track i'm trying i can't even remember what i was saying now but that movie is about the the in the two inmates that those characters are playing start having sex with uh patricia arquette plays the guard it's a true story they're having sex with her and manipulating her to escape and she helps them with their escape and the sh- the miniseries is amazing. I think it was on Netflix called Escape from Danamora. And they really show prison in this revealing way with all that, like the conjugal visits and all that. Like that stuff's what's fascinating because you go, because that was another thing I was going to ask if he talked about that. Like they're allowed to have sex and in, I don't know what they have to do something good to ha- be able to have a conjugal visit. What is it? I don't know. He was divorced going into prison so i don't think he had anyone to conjugate 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 his verb (laughs) with how old was this guy 
He's older. Uh, <laughs> you don't I want knew, to say. I, I can tell there was. A, I, I don't know what it is. I, I had an intuition that he was that that there was an older thing going on. Yeah, he's in his forties. Mm. All right, at least he's not in his fifties. The the Arquette thing you said made me like imagine because Courtney Cox Arquette. I just imagine friends taking place in a prison, but all the dudes are behind bars, and all the women are like Phoebe and Rachel are like <laughs> prison guards. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i want to go home i i, I want to write this episode of uh, of your life with the prison guy on the date it's fucking hilarious <laughs> that must have been fun to share with your friends right were they like what the fuck yeah they were you know half concerned half amused <laughs> and where did he pick to go on the first date the selka Oh, that's a nice place. Oh, I love. Well, it's really place. good, but it's not fancy. No, no, it it's not so fancy disappointing. Like, I mean... why am I dating older men if they're not taking me to fancy places? That's exactly it. it was, I, what I had was like twelve dollars. I was like, well, I can do this by myself. Yeah, <laughs> great pubes for this. For people guy. that don't know what Faselka is listening, I mean, it, it was it's a great. place when I, it's a place usually you go to at like two in the morning. It's almost like diner esque. Yeah, but it's got really good. I know they have that. Um, you're a you're a big foodie, Andrew. Uh, what's that? Borscht beet soup. Borscht. Yeah, they have the beet soup there. It's really good. I had yeah. it once. Oh my god, pierogies, all that shit. Pierogies. That's what I had. Nice. What do you order? What do you order? Me, I had these like goat cheese pierogies. It's really good. Mm. And what what do you get? He had pierogies also. He had like twice as many pierogies. Jesus. Did he order <laughs> did he, did he or, order for you or did he let you order your own food? I, I ordered myself. <laughs> I don't think I would allow someone. I'm like too serious about food. Mm. To let How about if he asked you what you want and then he ordered it for you? Is that a good Oh, that's fine. Then I don't have to interact. Yeah, I do them. that for, for Frankie sometimes. She loves it. They love yeah. It. I mean, I don't need it, but I'll take it. It's like yeah. a service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. At least so, you could do taking me to Vaselka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to go to like Nobu. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's on the lower east side, right? Yeah. Vaselka. Yeah. 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 Um, Joe, all right. We got your stories. We got, we got my story. story. And, I, and, I, and I don't want to go too long with these episodes. We're already a little longer. I like the episodes at like an hour, but they're a little longer. And it's funny that I have like three things written down. I'm like, all right. Um, I was thinking that each one of us were going to have time for two, and I'm not even close, right? Mm -hmm. These, these shows, this, this show shouldn't be one thing. So I'll let you guys pick. I don't know if you'll pick the better one here. Just pick, Joe. <laughs> you pick it. Um, I got the gig in Fairfield. I got. I started therapy again on Monday. Let's go with that. I feel like we gotta go with that and then uh i got all right the other one that's, was that's what your longtime listeners want to hear probably the other one was not that nice <laughs> oh well now i'm curious <laughs> can you give yeah. us a taste of that not nice of thing? The not nice just a taste it was and, and and i didn't want it to come across like uh the not nice one i didn't want it to come across like it's something that um um that's really on my mind mm -hmm. 
but it, I wanted it to come across in a constructive way. Okay. What they said, the audience said I sucked. No, <laughs> I, no, but this is constructive and, and I want the listeners to know, and I'm only bringing this up so it doesn't look like I'm sweeping the leg, but it's something that Andrew has talked to me about in the past. So it's like something that I think is on your mind. And, and, and you look at me sometimes as a little bit of a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. So, so, so. Uh, uh, these these see, see, you, oh god i'm now i'm stuttering i'm on the um, edge of my seat oh no, Please, <laughs> super impact. no it was some it was something about and you've said this to me as a stand-up comedian like you you really you bust your ass at stand-up comedy and you really you know you go on stage a lot you do a lot of you do a lot of open mics as they would say right a lot of mics that's what the young comics call them, right? I do a lot of mics. Yeah. And um, so how do I bring this up without sounding like an asshole? My wife <laughs> you got to go, just drop it. My wife would go, just fucking say it. Um, I think, and, and the reason I'm bringing it up because I think it's, I think it can be done, which is, I think you, because you're like kind of a weird, quirky comedian, right? But I think at the same time, this is where it's hard. This is that's what I love about you as a comedian that you're weird and you talk about strange subjects and you go way outside of the boundaries and just get brutally honest sometimes. But at the same time, I think you're one of those comedians that wants to be able to go on at a mainstream comedy club and kill right like yeah. you want to fucking yeah. kill and get in at the comedy cellar or get in be able to go on at the comic strip and like do 25 do 20 minutes of fucking crushing material and like all you you want to be able to get on uh jimmy fallon and do a five minute set or have a netflix sure. special right sure so so why i'm putting it out there as a constructive thing because i caroline's only seen you a few times i've seen you a lot of times and and it came up in the conversation just with those guys afterwards, which was you came out really strong. You were kicking ass at the beginning of your set, right? And then it it it, it fell off a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. In at least that set. So I'm wondering, and this could be something ongoing on this podcast with uh with Caroline helping also of what, what do you, th what, what do you think and, and why do you think that that happens sometimes when you're performing and, and how could you, or are you, you are, are you, you, I'm, <laughs> I can't even speak. Uh, am I right to say that you, you want to conquer that? Yeah. Yeah. And I can even say like the moment it happened and what happened. Yeah, what happened? Because I wasn't, I was in the room for the beginning, and then I came in the room towards the end, and I could tell you look, it, it was almost like if a boxer was about to knock the guy out, all of a sudden the other guy came back and knocked him out a little bit. And then yeah. you got to say goodnight because your times, there's nothing worse than it's like, oh, I just did two jokes, three jokes in a row that didn't work that well. And my time's up. So I got to say goodnight. Like every comedian can relate to that. You're like, fuck. And you got to, and you're, and you're thinking you're not going to get booked again. Like, 
hopefully you don't think that because I could care less. Like it reminds me a little like Jim Carrey used to open for uh, Rodney Dangerfield. I don't know if you knew this story. And Jim Carrey used to have this very um, impression heavy cheesy vegas kind of act that would get standing ovations because he could do impressions of people unbelievable and then sam kennison started working at the comedy store and he was inspired by the unique weirdness of him and like robin williams and he wanted to go outside of that standing ovation act and get weirder right and he used to open for rodney and there's a famous story where Rodney goes, uh, the crowd's looking at you like you got three heads. He goes, but don't change a thing. I love it. It's going to go somewhere. Stick with it. And like, and then, and he did, he listened to Rodney. Rodney was kind of his mentor and uh, he figured out how to make that weird fucking destroy. If you've ever seen, there's only like one comedy special that Jim Carrey ever did when he was doing stand-up. And I loved it when I was younger because it was so like he would take a cheesy impression like um uh what's that at? who's the guy who does It's a Wonderful Life is uh the lead uh, Jimmy guy. Stewart. He does Jimmy Stewart, but he does <laughs> Jimmy Stewart uh witnessing a uh a Holocaust or w- witnessing a <laughs> an explosive, you know, a uh What's the word I'm using, using here? Terrorist act for. or something? No, no, what's it? What, what, nuclear Holocaust. That's like <laughs> no Adderall can't get the word nuclear. Nuclear Holocaust and like that combination of his talent and the weird. All of a sudden, it worked because he got to do both things, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't know, Caroline, did you watch his set? Yeah, I thought you won them back at the end. Honestly. On your last joke, I think you probably did win them back. What was your last bit? And where the trees? And where, and and where'd the you tree one. They got a huge laugh. And the, the tree work and something. So, yeah. so what? What was the first two or three things that really? Just the you don't need to do the jokes. Just give me the the subject matter. Oh, just like getting engaged and the Jew shit and the MMA stuff. That worked. That all worked. Right. I think Those the, your the problem is bits. I did the mushroom joke. And um, I lost confidence when I said the thing about going back in time with the KKK and blah, blah, blah. Like saying, uh, I thought I went back in time and founded the KKK. And it's like, I I don't know if I was projecting or I was actually feeling it in the room. But like, I just felt guilty because I felt like, oh, they didn't like that. And they're judging me for that. And then I started to judge myself for that, and then I lost confidence. Right. Well, you, you it sounds okay. So that's easy to. I mean, you, you came outside of yourself. You were thinking mm-hmm. instead of being and just doing your material. And there's also a little piece to it. And I don't know if you guys know this. I mean, Caroline has only been doing comedy a year, so I'd be amazed if you. Uh, read a room and go okay i shouldn't do this bit or this bit but i should do this bit this bit and this bit like when you're a young comic only a year in usually that's all you got is these bits so you don't have the range to switch and do other stuff like yeah if you I do it's a few still learning that i did switch the order around at, in fairfield i decided not to open with the incest stuff <laughs> Right. because i like looked out the crowd and they were all like 
well-dressed and like well-to-do. I was like, I'll give them a second before that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you put, you change the order around and you push, put it later in the set or something like yeah. that. Like, and you're very likable, like super extremely likable. So you can get away with all that stuff. Whereas not that Andrew's not likable, but <laughs> just I've said that, no, I've, <laughs> no, I think you have tremendous likability. I've said this to you before that um, even with your TikTok or your Instagram posts, and you probably remember me saying this, I said, mm -hmm. the key to that weird stuff that you do, I go, it just needs to have a hair of uh, relatability and if it right. if they if they if there's zero relatability it's very hard to make it and i the internet's just like a crowd like the internet is like it you you learn fast what people like about you that's what's yeah. really great and it's a great tool for that and i use it for that like i used to do impressions a lot in my act when i was coming up and then and i thought people loved it and my wife used to say i don't you should not do them. Like she used to tell me that. I'd be like, why? They're laughing their ass off. And then when I started putting them on the internet, I realized when I talk about my my life, they they get me so many more hits than if I just do a voice and there's a joke there. Like no one gives a shit about the talent of the impression or whatever. And it's like and 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 the relatability is what is better. So um yeah, because you. What did you? Say, what was the bit that made it was so, acid or something, right? It was uh, so so okay. So I guess I got overconfident because the when I say the word my Krav Maga joke usually doesn't work, and I got it to work because I made it relatable before I said it, and then so I said this thinking like, oh, I can get away with anything, but I didn't make it relatable first, like you just said. So basically, the joke is, you know. I, I stopped doing mushrooms because I, I took too much and I take responsibility for taking too much. But what I don't take responsibility for is going back in time and starting the KKK. <laughs> I think it's a great joke. <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't do that. But at the end of that trip, I thought I did. Yeah. Well, here, here's the problem with the joke because the joke is funny. The joke's mm -hmm. good. It, it reminds me a little bit of like I once worked with Adrian Apolucci or a bunch of times I worked with her and she had this joke that was really funny about um, school shootings. Mm. Right. And she was saying the specific school in uh, that had the shooting in the joke. Right. And I said to her, I go, first of all, Adrian, I don't know if you realize this, we're fucking 15 minutes away from that school <laughs> right now. <laughs> like you, you just said, you didn't need to say the name of the school. The joke's funny. Just make it vague. Don't. Yeah. So, if you have something that makes it relatable and and weird but still relatable yes but also you got to know when you're at a show in fairfield connecticut you want to and you're doing 10 minutes you're not doing 45 don't put in your 10 minutes your kkk bit it's like i remember like kurt metzger's an amazing comedian like i think he's fucking hilarious right but once in a while, and you know who gave me the best advice once with this is, uh, do you guys know Modi? Yeah, kind of. Do you know Modi? Yeah. Modi, Modi called them stops. Mm -hmm. He goes, oh, I had to use a lot of stops in my jokes tonight. And I go, what do you mean stops? He goes, when I'm doing it at a, you know, at a, at a Jewish synagogue show, 
the joke stops here before I say these next two things that I would say at a comedy club in the city, you know, that are funny, but it stops sooner. I, I have to get rid of the bigger laugh because it's going to make them judge me, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you are, unfortunately, in front of that kind of crowd, I mean, they were very... If you you didn't know, maybe I mean Fairfield, Connecticut is like literally one of the richest suburbs that I've ever been in in my. It's fucking in, like insane how rich they are there and how big and beautiful the houses are and how much money someone makes who, who lives there, and they're super white. There was one black guy in that whole audience, yeah. so he came like, up to me afterwards and he was like, "Yeah, that was funny." Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, if you make people on. You don't want to make people uncomfortable unless it's going to be unbelievable to pay off in, in a 10-minute set. And also, when you're opening for somebody, you always got to think, how do I best set up this guy? Because, like, that's another thing I did stupid. Like, And I've opened for Sebastian Maniscalco in front of 18,000 people, right? The guy let me open for him. And I look back and go, you probably shouldn't have did that. Like... For some reason, I wasn't even doing it a lot. My act then, I had this song that I would do with a guitar, and uh, it was like for two seconds. This the the song, right? But I was like, I'm at the Madison Square. I thought about myself, which is I'm at Madison right. Square or I'm at uh, the Wells Fargo Center. Eighteen thousand people would be so cool to play my electric guitar in that stadium. But I wasn't thinking about how it was going to make Sebastian Maniscalco feel. Who's going to go on after me? No comedians usually like to follow music. You got yeah. that. I go, uh, and then I went a little over my time, which is terrible to ever do as a comedian, especially. It was like his first, I think, stadium show ever, and now I'm going <laughs> over on him, and uh, and I don't, I don't open for him anymore. But I, I know that's not really the reason because he could care less if I did three minutes over. But it's like, don't give him a reason. Yeah. So it's this, it's the same with that. Even if you got to contact me and go, hey man, I'm opening for you tomorrow night. Uh, like a comedian would love that. I want to I, I want to put my ten. I, I got some jokes here. I'm not sure if I should do, and maybe you could tell me. You know, that's where why I thought you know Caroline, Caroline and I, and I'll be I'll be more honest than probably Caroline would. I'll be like, no, don't do that one. Even though I think it's <laughs> hilarious. Like do do this this and this, and get the fuck off and have them love you. Do the jokes that are your most likable, not not risky ones. Okay, that's fair. You know especially when you're open for somebody if you're in the village and you're doing con like you can be f save all that shit for there right not fairfield connecticut <laughs> <laughs> even though you know it's a that place was sweet it was great right yeah um i, I didn't even get to my issue did i no <laughs> we're, skip <laughs> we're skipping it because that was on the list that's we'll me. talk about it next week we're going to talk about me going back to therapy next week because we'll start uh, with you. Yeah, we'll we'll start with me and this is the best way to this is the whoa, whoa, I just played the wrong song. This is always the best way to end my podcast. Uh it's almost like how therapy ends, which is he just says, "All right, see you later." He just cuts you off. <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like I talked too much this episode. Was I was I a bad listener? No. You were great. You talked at the end, but we talked a lot in the middle. I feel, I feel like I was, I don't know. Well, no, th thank you. All right. 
Is that music? So, it's so hard to get it to go low. Does it sound loud? <laughs> it's fine. That sounds better. God, everybody. Well, thank you guys. I want to keep doing this with you guys because I feel like each week it's it's something when you're when you're doing it as a team, you got to do it a lot of times to really uh, get the flow. But I feel like we were getting the flow today. Yeah, so, I agree. I felt a yeah. lot more natural today. Me too. Sweet. So, uh, what are your plugs, Andrew? What do you got? Uh, just check out my YouTube, you know, youtube.com slash Andrew Steiner 81. I think it is just search Andrew Steiner on YouTube and subscribe to me there. All right. Caroline Haynes. My what do you want to plug? Instagram, Caroline underscore underscore H A N E S. Yeah. And then I have a couple shows like other people's shows that I'm on tomorrow's day nada comedy at uh pink's cantina at eight me oh wow okay cool so you got shows you meant tomorrow i get all confused when you're doing podcasts oh like, yeah tomorrow, wednesday. Today. so wednesday so yeah this yeah. will come out this will come out i'll put this up as soon as we're done uh and uh and and do the uh, do the Patreon, everybody. I'll plug that again. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. Help the podcast out. Throw some money for as little as five dollars a month. You really uh, you really make three people feel good. And if it gets more money, I can start giving you guys some more money. Um, we we'll get some more now that you guys are on. It'll we'll split it three ways. Okay, everybody. February twelfth, February twelfth, Mount Laurel, New Jersey. I'll be down there. It's a Saturday right before Valentine's Day. Bring your girlfriend or wife or boyfriend or whatever or husband and and celebrate Valentine's Day in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. JoeMatterese.com for tickets. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. See you later. We're done. Peace. This was episode 50. That's like a milestone. I didn't even really say anything, but this was episode 50. That's halfway to 100. (laughs) Get louder, music.